This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. new intro video i like it right um pretty cool <laughs> right welcome to a, another episode of the hull and back podcast guys i'm back on the hosting range today because um matt's betrayed us and gone to another podcast for today um jokes he's on a he's on a podcast called turf to terrace um him scott goodwin who we had on the um pod before and hull comedian sam harland's on it so go check that out it's actually pretty good they've done the first episode and got a few guests lined up um obviously We've got the uh, sponsors and partners to introduce. Uh, best not forget them on my first go back. Um, we have our actual sponsors, uh, Hull City Retro, which we all know see every game pretty much now. You know, very high quality remakes of some classic shirts from the 80s, 90s. Um, you know, shirts that we all wish we could have uh, but don't uh, for really good prices as well. Uh, obviously, give them a follow, uh, check out the store, become a member, and you can join us in wearing some of their clobber. Uh, we've got Charlie Spaulding, who's a filmmaker. Uh, he boasts quite a nice profile, actually. He's worked with likes of Adidas and does a lot of motorsport. Um, he's doing some music videos at the minute, I think. Do check out his profile, because if you've got an event that you want video in, he'd probably be the guy to hit up. Uh, we have our partners in FanHub. Obviously, you'll have seen us post about it. You'll have seen FanHub themselves. It's a free app to download, but very rewarding to have. Uh, you basically get to predict your teams. You get to read and listen to a lot of fan content regarding your club and the others around you. Um, you get fan scores, a leaderboard. You can li- you can win two free tickets to home games every month, as well as a new, um, I-, I believe you can start winning merchandise now with the new partnership with I them as well. So, so, yeah. yeah, so keep an eye on that and obviously try and get your fan score as high as you can to win some of them tickets. Um, you'll always see a golden ticket code from us uh, to help you skip the queue. So if you do want to join, keep an eye out on our socials. Uh, and then we do... 
um, try and push for support for the whole badge man. Um, it's a big, it's a group of volunteers. They're not for profit. You know, they they usually stand outside the stadium selling badges, very high quality badges. They don't run it for a profit. They literally just any money they make goes straight back onto the badges, and they are cheap. But they're struggling at the minute. Um, they're being quoted some silly prices. I think it's like fifteen hundred quid. The club have told them to have a permanent position outside the stadium, which is scandalous. Um, and they're very, very close to losing their online as well, um, as well as not having a permanent stand somewhere. So they're in desperate need of support. So do head over and try and buy some stuff if you can. Uh, right, so we'll jump straight into it then. Um, another slightly positive podcast. Uh, we've won two on the bounce, which we've not Ooh. done since last season. And it's weird. Um, obviously, we played Birmingham. Um, Baz has eaten his frosties because we won. Um, it, it, it was obviously a very good, very good performance. Um, I watched it on a stream. Will, you were actually there. Do you want to just sum up how we played, what what our strengths were? Yeah, it was a fantastic day. The football from City's perspective, um, they were the dominant side pretty much from the opening second. Birmingham were, regardless of the red card and everything, were dog shit. Um, and it really did help that playing City hands because City just never looked like conceding a goal at any point in the game, even when Birmingham would have the ball and go forward. City's defence was just rock solid. And I think it was partly because we'd switched the formation again to the back three. We got, I think we'd done out with necessity rather than choice to an extent. Mm. But um, it they just looked so much more confident playing in that formation and so much more in control in the defence and midfield. There's not much more I can say, apart from Honeyman's goal, to be fair, shouldn't have stood. <laughs> yeah. But you can't... The, the, the performance was... The result was probably about right for the performance. Yeah, listen, we've had we've had our fair share of luck go against us, but I think we'll cover... We'll talk about the goals in a minute. Um, so it was nice to see something go our way for once. Um, I've saved this question, especially for you, Nathaniel, because I feel like this is absolutely perfect for you at the minute. Was there any players... <laughs> that stood out for you and why hmm, hmm. maybe it's just a uh, future Ballon d'Or uh, winger future England captain Ryan Longman who I've <laughs> as you know loyal listeners will know I've been rating from the very first uh, appearance and I've been wanting him to start and you know uh, he came on in the last game and he started this one he's got an assist which you know uh, he kept the ball in so brilliantly. Um, great, great uh, weighted touch. Uh, wonderfully weighted, uh, you know, pass to Honeyman and created the first goal. Uh, I mean, you know, it was just glorious to to listen to on the radio, although it sounded as if, like, it wasn't going to be given somehow. But, um, um, I mean, they, could, they fair, couldn't take in, a, a beautiful ground, piece of skill off like that. In the, in the ground, it did take a couple of seconds. Mm. Yeah, it did, was, did. No one really wanted to celebrate straight away because they were saying it'd be disallowed. No, I mean, I've, I've saved that question for later, but we might as well talk about that goal now. So, I mean, we deserved it, I mm-hmm. I think, on the on the, yeah, on the the run of play. We were the better side. Even, obviously, Gardner got sent off in like the 42nd, third minute or something. It was just before half time yeah. on it. And well, we were already yeah. dominant, so the red card didn't really change anything. Um, mm. I think stats-wise, it popped up. Um, we had like, I think, 10 shots to about their four or something. You know what I mean? Like, we're not used to that kind of attacking dominance in games because we usually leave it too late. Um, so that was nice to see. But obviously, it did go out of play. It did. Mm-hmm. Like, But yeah. as I said, you know, 
as a City fan, we've had our fair share. I mean, every club, of, well, every fan of every club can say the same. Um, mm-hmm. Officials' decisions can sometimes go against you, sometimes go for you. And I think we've needed a bit of luck lately. And to get that first goal, probably pick the heads up. And to be fair, as soon as that went in, um, you could tell, I mean, you could tell it was out of play by the fact that every Birmingham player and every, and every like, player. City player stopped. Everybody say, but Honeyman. Yeah, because he, he sort of just put it in on instinct. He didn't really try and score. He just sort of stuck a leg at it and put it in. Yeah, Instantly like turned around for the line or, and then <clears throat> then realises it's been given and they're all like, oh my God, and, and run away to celebrate. So you can understand the frustrations. Um, but a, a, a deserved goal, I think, on the, um, mm-hmm. on the run of play. Uh, we did touch up on the system, actually. So obviously, um, the club released a statement about Josh Emmanuel uh, before the game that he, he was going to miss out because he had to go to hospital. Um, I don't yeah. think they've actually clarified what's wrong with him, have they? No, they've kept it a private matter. Apparently, it happened on Thursday, um, and he was discharged on Friday. Um, they obviously they waited until the team was announced, obviously on Saturday. But they they kept it a private matter exactly what was up, and I think that's fair enough. If everyone's keeping a private matter, that's well within their rights. And I just hope he's gets well soon. Yeah, definitely. I hope he's. Yeah, <laughs> we were all looking forward to him having a consistent run in the side because Emmanuel's one of them players who you know. Um, is very good competition for Coyle and he's a very good player when he does play. Well, yeah, and he would have been the new because Coyle's out for three months, he would have been the starter for a while. Yeah, I'm 97% mm-hmm. sure that he would have played our usual system if Emmanuel was fit. I mean, oh, I don't know actually because didn't yeah. Elder didn't Elder pull out injured as well? Elder said he wasn't feeling to too great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which might be partly because he'd come from Australia late as well, mm-hmm. which would have helped. But yeah. he said he wasn't so, feeling too well to so McCann on Saturday morning, which was fair enough they didn't play. But like I say, even though they didn't play, it, it ended up going to our advantage in the end, unfortunately, yeah. in, a way, in a kind of... And that's twice now it's happened. So he was forced to play this system against Borough and he's been forced to play this system against uh, Birmingham. And both times we've won 2-0. So we scored four goals, conceded zero. Um, and it's like... When the chance comes and players are back from injury, do we assume that he's going to go straight back to the system of old? Or I think so. Is he, yeah, or is he going to look at these two wins and go, mm. well, actually? He should, to... he should stay 2-5-2, but he won't. Because we won at Barnsley with the 4-3-3. We did. Um, mm. And I think you're going to see Cardiff will be back to a back four because Bernard picked up his fifth booking during yes, the game, it. which meant he's going to miss the Cardiff game. So we, have we only have McLaughlin and, we only have McLaughlin and Greaves at the moment. Yeah, we might have he did mention in his interview, though, that a couple of youngsters may get yeah, their he'll chance. Probably, he'll probably mm. bring a couple of the youngsters in. He may stay with the back three and play one of the youngsters, but I think he'll probably go back to the back four just to play it safe. Mm. Yeah, I, think I so. mean, it's, it's a shame, isn't it, that uh, Alfie Jones didn't fit because... Mm. To keep that three at the back, I just think suits um, Greaves, especially in the likes of Bernard, it suits them more. And Sean McLaughlin, I think, is one of the underrated players of our squad at the minute. Who's mm-hmm. whenever he's been asked to step in at the minute, he's been brilliant. Um, how how did he actually? How was his performance? Do you think Will against Birmingham? Mako was it? Was he good? I mean, to be honest, it'd be wrong to put any of the defenders above one of the other, any other because they were all fantastic. Mm-hmm. They were all absolutely superb. McLaughlin was great. Bernard was superb. Greaves was superb as well. Can't really fault any of them. 
Who did, who, think, so who played as a left wing back then? Was it Longman? It did Longman play on the left? And... KLP played on one side and Longman played on the other. They were the wing backs, yeah. I would say. You wouldn't invert wing backs, would you? That's a bit too too much. Which if we invert wingers, maybe wing backs is a bit. That's a bit. It strange. was. It was. It was a weird yeah, formation. Too, too. It, it, it wasn't really a three-five-two. It was more a a three-one-four-two because. Mm. Smallwood would constantly move back and forth but behind, back in front and behind of the defence, like a sweeper oh, like almost. Um, and he played well like that. He did. I, I think with the, the added really protection... Had three, game. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the added protection of three defenders behind Smallwood suits him more. Because obviously his mm. lack of pace and he's not mm. very agile anymore. That You know, to have, to have three big barely centre-halves behind you sort of giving you that comfort blanket... And then the, the wing backs tucking in when we haven't got the ball gives him a bit more security and probably a bit more confidence. Now, speaking about confidence in the defence, we all raised eyebrows at the fact that Matt Ingram was dropped for Baxter. Mm. Um, possibilities of Chelsea getting in touch and saying, look, if you're not going to play him, we'll take him back. Um, mm. Sort of forced to play kind of thing. But that being said, he's got two, two clean sheets, two wins on the bounce, yeah. team of the week twice in a row. Does he give the defence more confidence, in your opinion, Nathaniel? Or would you would you stick with him? Well, he must do, you'd think. Uh, I mean, uh, he made a great save against Scott Hogan, who was one-on-one. Um, and uh, I don't know whether he... Because he's in the team of the week, but from listening it, and how bur- how bad Birmingham were, it sounds like that was his only real save. But, um, I mean, you wouldn't change it, would you? Uh, if, no, you know, Ingram had been injured... And he's fit now, for example. You wouldn't bring in Ingram back. But, uh, yeah, I think Baxter's here to stay. I think with with him as well, and that way, I think why he was in Team of the Week, apparently, it was. In that second half, whenever Birmingham put a ball in the box or anything, he was on it like that. And he mm-hmm. had the ball every single time. So, he was just... He never looked phased at any point. Um, he... And the way he reacted as well, in particular to the fucking idiotic... Birmingham fans chucking bottles just made him even more of a fucking legend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do you think it's do you think the the defense looks more confident with Baxter in goal than than Ingram? Do you think he commands his area a bit more? I think it's too quick to say, but I'm gonna say possibly he just looks a bit more assured, assured overall. Yeah, because I think distribution wise, he's slightly better than Ingram too, and he's a bit quicker yeah, he is, and a yeah. bit more proactive when he's got the ball and wanting us to counter. So. Uh, in a system, well, in a season where we're struggling to get on the front foot and create chances, maybe a keeper that that wants to kick us straight off rather than hang mm-hmm. hang about um, would be a good thing. And I mean, like we say, two wins in a row, two clean sheets. Summit must be going right. Um, I mean, the, the the reason I asked why he stick with him is because to change him now for Ingram would be similar to how he got into the team. Like Ingram was playing well, probably arguably one of the players of the yeah, season. It was a bit of a surprise. And then you know Baxter gets pushed, uh, put in the team. So we we don't know, do we? Really, the, the circumstances behind that. McCann's head. We, yeah, we I, I honestly believe do. that Chelsea have been in touch and said, if he's not going to be number one here, then he needs to be number one somewhere yeah. else. So yeah. mm. it's worked um, out. Though. Some yeah, did it, has, they did that. If if it works better, I mean, it's nothing against Ingram because he's played well. But mm. if Baxter suits the system more and sort of gets us on the front foot a bit quicker, then. You know, unfortunately. It, it, it gives you confidence of the depth of the goalkeeper at the moment. Say if one of them don't play, you know, the other one's probably still a competent goalkeeper yeah. that you've got in goal, not someone you're worried about. 
Yeah, you don't want your number two to be like when they're starting the game, you're thinking, oh crap. You know, like Jakubovic used to be when he first came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Left a cult hero, but started a bit worryingly. Um, <laughs> so I, I believe we have a video from a Birmingham City fan who actually went to the game. He recently asked me to do um, a video in the preview to which I said we'd lose 2 0. So, um, it was nice to see that get reversed. Uh, but his name's um, Harry Matthews, and he's from the Litchfield and Tamworth Blues YouTube channel. Um, so here's his thoughts on the game. Hello, everyone of the Two Holland Back podcast. Thank you, Ant, for getting in touch with me to do this video for you. Uh, I am Harry from Litchfield and Tamworth Blue Noses. I am one of the admins on the Facebook group, and of course. As you may all know as well, I do the YouTube channel for Litchfield and Tamworth Blue Noses. I have just got home. It's from Hall v Birmingham. Uh, got in contact with me to do my thoughts on the game and everything that has happened today. So yeah, it's 20 past 10 to be doing this, guys. So yeah, hope you enjoy this. So then, the game today, I think, personally... Blue, as a Blues fan, I am disgusted with how my team played today. I thought we were absolutely dreadful. Honest to God, I can't even put it into words. It, I'm fuming inside. I might not sound it, because uh, I'm trying to stay positive as well. Um, but honestly, like, of course, your goal should not have stood. Your first goal uh, that made it 1-0. Uh, it did go out of play. Um, but at the end of the day, even if that didn't count or did count, we should be playing better than that. And we should... It doesn't even matter about that goal, in my opinion. Our overall performance today was just shambolic, to say the least. Like, I'm disgusted, honestly, like I've said. Um, but yeah, your first goal, yeah, should have been ruled out, but it happened. Can, this can happen in football but like we say this is why we need VAR in the championship not just the Premier League as well so they need to implement that ASAP um, second half of obviously actually before the second half Gary Gardner sent off for us yep definitely red card headbutted your player it's a red card all day long uh, can't do much about that Lee Bowyer even said in his press conference after the game it was a red card um, so yeah, red card for Gary Garner, 100%. So no complaints. So yeah, half time it was Hull 1, Blues 0. You deserve to go in the break, 1-0 up, mate. Honestly, we were terrible. Um, you were alright, I thought. You didn't cause us too much damage, but you still looked bright, a lot brighter than us. You looked like you had fight today. We looked like we had nothing. And as a Blues fan, just pees me off, to say the least is the, the wording I could use. But yeah, half-time, 1-0 to you. Then in the second half, of course, you made it 2-0. Uh, we were playing with 10 men. Usually that can go a team's way. Usually it can't. In this case, it didn't with us. We tried to change it at the break with going four at the back. Again, did nothing. Played awful. Absolutely disgraceful, um, to say the least. So yeah, 2-0 to you. My man of the match for the game, I'm gonna, obviously I'm going to go for a Hall player because Blues were terrible, apart from like Riley McGree and Troy Deeney today. Um, yeah, Malik Wilkes for you. Honestly, if you're going to stay up, um, he's going to be the key player for you. 
he literally plays he looks like a Dama Traore of Wolves he, uh, he's a, he looks a very good player and honestly I was saying to some Blues fans I'd love to have him down Blues so yeah Malik Wilkes man the match today uh, not much else to say I think you guys if you can get you can keep Malik Wilkes fit for the rest of the season get Tom Huddleston back keep Deshaun Bernard fit the on loan player for Manchester United Lewis Potter fit um, Josh McGuinness forward fit I think you might stay up so yeah that is my views on today's match guys um, but yeah thank you very much Ant for getting in contact with me uh, but yeah overall we're a rubbish you deserve the win even if it was by 1-0 today or something like we did not deserve to come away with that from anything and even if we did get back into the game and draw like very end I'd have been annoyed because personally we did not deserve anything so yeah thank you very much for getting in contact with me mate and any Blues fans watching this keep right on and any Hall fans watching this or whatever team you support but yeah if there's any Hall fans good luck for the rest of the season but yeah thank you very much mate and see you next time well <laughs> I, think, I know I think we've got a couple of things to pick from that one so obviously cheers Harry for um, sending that in his YouTube channel is um, Litchfield and Tamworth Blue Nose if you want to go check it out um, so is there any part of that that we're a bit um, well, that we VAR. want to talk about definitely not VAR in the championship I mean like it's part of the charm right that the referees are terrible that's that, that's why we like it right <laughs> You know, I and mean, we, we I, won, I get, I understand maybe. his concern, but yeah, I agree. Uh, it balances out. VAR is one of them things in it that everybody cries out for, and then, it's, and then when they get it, like we've seen in the Premier mm-hmm. League, they, they don't want it. So, yeah. to me, you know, humans, the, the officials are humans. They're going to make mistakes. We've, we've seen it throughout football since it started. If if we if we're going to overanalyze every single detail in every game. Uh, to the point that we're chalking goals off all the time and whatever, it's just gonna it ruins a game, it ruins a moment of scoring for me. Like obviously, I've not attended a game where VAR has had to rule anything out, but I can imagine. Can you imagine the euphoria of scoring a goal and then it being taken away or having to wait another five minutes for it to be confirmed and then a slightly less muted um, uh, cheer afterwards? I'd, nah, VAR not for me. Um, the Malik Wilkes comment, Will? What well, we? It did score. Um, it does make me wonder how people perceive him from outside the club because mm. obviously we're not his biggest fans. I thought he had a decent game, but it was probably one of the weak performers on the day. Uh, him and McGuinness were okay, but they were probably a level below everyone else on the pitch for us. Um, but I do get where he's coming from because he's one of those players where if he's on his game, he could tear it up but the problem is he's very rarely on his game yeah i think the comment that if we're to stay up he could be key is true because klp can do it all and we will need another player to step up and if wilkes does hit the form that we know he can do then yeah absolutely he's going to be a key player to keep us up but we just haven't seen that so far like we were saying with baz on the last episode he's just playing a completely different way he's stocked up a bit he's not getting behind he's trying to back into defenders he's running into um into dead ends. He's did. The, do you know what the chance? Some of the chance he had a couple of times in the, in the box against Birmingham, where if he'd have just shot, he'd have probably scored. But he, he seems yeah. to divert, and he just takes too long. And it's it's like there was he's, a couple of moments where, 
His decision yeah. making was well off. Yeah, so he scored, yeah, like, man, hopefully. like Nathaniel said, it's a confidence thing. But we thought the goal against Middlesbrough would kick him on, and it didn't. That's true. So, yeah, well, I mean, a two-week gap, maybe. I yeah, think true. the uh, the goal. I think it was helped that it was something he couldn't really do anything with. It was instinctive. He has to head it there. He can't mm-hmm. really like control it, put it down. He's like, mm. I think if it had been one where it had been to his feet, he might have second guessed it. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. had many sort of one-shot chances like he had no, last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he gets on those, that's all right. But it's just that when he gets the ball outside the box, he tries to do too much. But I do I think, think he looks a lot better playing as part of the front two. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's got a lot better. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of him playing through the middle when we had a front three. I don't like him as a lone striker. I don't think he's physical enough for it. Or he wasn't <laughs> last season. He might be this season. Um, but as part of like that, um, big and little combo with McGinnis and Wilkes, he does look a lot better because he can sort of feed off um, McGinnis' hold-up ability. Uh, so if McGinnis is on his game and does his part properly, then Wilkes should be able to get a few chances and nip him behind, which is what we kind of wanted um, in like an Eves and Smith partnership. But, you know, we can recreate it with them too. I would like to see him and Smith as the two front players and instead of trying to play it in the air, try and play it through teams. What, Wilkes and Smith? Yeah, I would like to see it at least tried. Okay. But don't we lose a bit of physicality and aerial prowess at the top without would, one of them? I would argue maybe don't hit the ball in the air as often. Well, no, yes. we, do, we, we, we would yeah. obviously want us to, to, to get the ball on the floor. But if we're going to play a system where we've got wing backs, you should think that we're going to get quite a few crosses in the box would be my logic yeah. behind it. So you'd want at least one aerial striker for that sort of outlet because if, if, if you're playing it on the floor and you can't get through you've got no other outlet have you I mean you obviously you can bring him I mean, on as a sub but... I mean you say that but our second goal came from across that Wilkes headed in mm. yeah but alright mm. yeah you've got me there you've got me there I'm not going to defend that I mean he, 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 he did well he did well positional I mean KLP did brilliantly to create the chance and the cross was great really great uh, just had to jump up and nod it in but obviously he's got to be there to do it and he did so if he does little in games but still scores, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, notice though that there's been a, a little bit of silence by both um, Harry on the video there, the club themselves on on Twitter, etc. No condemnation of the bottle throwing, mm. uh, no even real inclination or apology for that. I mean, it's not really Harry's point to apologise. Well, no, I mean, but you, as a fan in the stand, you'd have probably unless been he like, was throwing uh, it himself. Yeah, he might have been. That's why he might not have I'm said not it. I'm not going to accuse him of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so, I mean, it's one of them. It? Obviously, it's, it, it, you wouldn't like to see it and you'd rather see it condemned by the club themselves. I mean, just last night, I don't know if anyone's seen it, in Ligue 1 in France, yeah. Dimitri Payet was hitting their head with a full bottle of water. Water bottle, like a plastic bottle. But yeah, yeah I mean, it was a heavy. full bottle. He's going to be quite heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also worth noting... That a few people have pointed out that's happened to him as well. Mm, I mean, I you, so. yeah, you, I so. you sit in E2, don't you, Will? Yeah. So, there is obviously a new thing that the club have started because obviously you're all rebels in E2 and you need you need caging. Um, there, there is a, as I understand, like a circle of stewards now that surround um, the two or three blocks in the East Stand. I have noticed that the last couple of games. There's quite a yeah. few, there's a lot more stewards suddenly there. And I think it's probably come from yourself. the yeah. Sheffield United and Middlesbrough games mm. where mm. it kind of kicked off a little bit, particularly Sheffield United, where 
fans managed to actually start fighting. Yeah. Um, but the stewards, and in general, I, I, I feel like they don't seem to have like a, a, a full grasp of the scenario most of the time. Because they seem like they haven't had much training, a lot of mm. them. Yeah. To deal with yeah. certain scenarios. Like when Possibly when happens. Birmingham started kicking off, the Birmingham fans started kicking off, they didn't really do much. And I felt like they mm. couldn't really do much. Well, that's the point I was building up to because if there's a lot of stewards pointlessly surrounding um, E1 to a, maybe a bit of free in, in the East stand, then there's obviously not enough yeah. in the away end that's stopping them shipping in alcohol and throwing it at no, There was one positive from the stewards, I would say, is this time they didn't start taking Turkish flags off people. Mm. Maybe because well, something has... happened during the two weeks, possibly, but I don't know. Well, there's been the official tweet from the club, hasn't there, that that's sort of in the pipeline. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe right. it's an omen. Yeah. So, um, another good win. Um I think it's probably good to point out um, Honeyman as well. Looks back to his best two games in a row, two goals in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be and, instrumental. Him and Doherty were just all yeah. over the back, place. Back to it last season standards. It was like League One. Yeah, it was like League One. He hadn't been fit, Honeyman, but he, he's played. He's not actually played that much. He's been back for a while, but I thought, didn't he get injured? And we've had international breaks. So he I think this yeah, he got injured, came until... back, got injured again, and then he's come yeah. back. So, so he's, he's had a bit of Peak Honeyman. Yeah, turbulent start. For Although, him, so. one negative, we had another, what, 11 corners or something, where how many games into the season? Is it 18, 17? <laughs> Still no goals from a set piece. Yeah, actually, I, it's a I, good I just point. don't understand. Yeah, because I've, I've not actually uh, mentioned anything about that. It's I a joke. Gone it, uh, but it's now you've said joke. that. Last season, um, set pieces were... One of our main ways of scoring. We we were by far three games or something. The highest yeah. scoring team from set pieces in League One last season and like this that, season. Yeah. Not it's one. Not, happening. not one at all. What, so what do, what do we put that down to? Well, I it, well somewhat better, who's better taking them? Because yeah, I mean when when eventually Honeyman and Elder do take them and it's not been Moncur or someone else. They take it short a lot more. Just whip it in. Just none of this faff. Just whip it in, you know. <laughs> um, but I think probably it's just a, that people in the championship can mark because some of the goals yeah, we I scored from set pieces last year, they just forgot. Oh, you know, uh, Wilkes, you know, their top goal scorer. Pff, no point marking him. What's he going to do? How many scores? So, um, but I think it's probably just. Uh, I mean, maybe it's confidence that like, and none of the defenders mm. have scored. So like. I just don't think there's no point running to get it. I don't know. Well, I mean, they all seem to actually have a go at trying to score. It mm. just never seems to fall right. Yeah. Mm. It's obviously because it's a hard question to answer because it's a lot of factors that can contribute to it. So quality of delivery this season has been, I think, from whatever I've seen, has been absolutely shocking. Mm. Um, I mean, Moncare came in as apparently like a set-piece specialist and I can't mm. recall one. He's more direct free kicks, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's not been great. Obviously, we've missed Honeyman, we've missed Elder sometimes. Um, quality of the defence, obviously, a lot higher in this league. You know, we're going to score more goals in League One than we are Championship set piece standard, obviously, because it's a step up in quality. We've got some international experienced players to come up against and ex Prem players, etc. So uh, it's just one of them. I think once we score one, it'll probably click and we'll probably 
you know, yeah. crack on from there. But the 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 worrying thing is is that set pieces is one of those key stats that can be the difference between staying up or going down. You know, mm. a lot of your goals needs to come from that kind of source if you want to stay in the league because we're not scoring many from open play, are we? So, uh, you know, something needs to click and quite quickly. Um, maybe McGinnis, once he gets on the end of one, Greaves, he'll score his first goal. He's this never going to score. No. <laughs> well, not at this rate. I pray for that every corner. I maybe the last, maybe the last game, last game of the season to stay up or to get promoted with this uh, uh, latest form. Uh, maybe it'll finally honest, score. It might not take a set. If we keep playing back free, it might not take a set piece for Greaves to score because he made a lot of really long attacking runs in that yeah. game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised just, if one time he just suddenly does a Damien Delaney and just yeah. smashes it. I was literally yeah. about to say that because Bernard as well um, yeah. is is not shy from having a pop from range, is he? When he goes no, into space, not. so maybe the goals from defenders this season will be absolute thunder bastards from like thirty yards. Yeah. Um, right then, so we will move on from the Birmingham game. Uh, good win. Uh, we've got an important game against Cardiff. Um, Easy win coming up. Easy. It's, <laughs> Nothing can I mean, stop the Longman train. What 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 are we what what system are we going to play? More importantly, play back four, six at the back. Uh, if Bernard wasn't suspended, I thought I think he might have kept the same team, yeah. the exact same team. Possibly, maybe brought Elder back in, maybe. But I think he'd probably. Get it. I mean, if he plays a back three, he may play Elder as the left-sided centre back. I don't know. Could work. But, be a good call. Maybe yeah, an I think he'll Smallwood be able to play there, but yeah. Maybe. Well, Smallwood was almost like a fourth defender to be fair against Birmingham. Whenever mm. they actually started trying mm. to press, it's not um, tall enough, though, is he? Maybe the problem is then. So if we do go to a back four, that means we lose an attacker. Um, say mm. we go to a front three, who who are we losing? Because you would imagine that Wilkes' goals keeping him in the side and his compromising photos of McCann, obviously. Um, yes. McGinnis will probably be the guy through the middle. Um, yeah. KLP undroppable, really oh. at the minute. Oh no! So, I don't know where you go with this. But Longman, uh, is miss out in here if we go from free. But Longman in midfield. Unless you I mean, realistically, would we be happy right with maybe? If we're playing at a three at the top, I think I'd like to see Longman on the left, KLP on the right, and Wilkes through the middle. See, see how that goes. So, oh, so one be a way around it. and you've completely changed your opinion of Wilkes. You know, one was oh, he needs to be out I, the team. Oh no, I'm thinking realistically. You, I'm not thinking as me. I'm thinking as McCann. Yeah, so Wilkes yeah. has to be in that team. He'll play him in CDM if he has to. <laughs> like he's getting in that team. So yeah. unfortunately, you can, to be fair, you can drop him after scoring as much no, as you, you want to. He still scored. He will drop McCann, Longman. That's what I'm McCann saying. But he doesn't deserve oh, no, the drop. The ball actually went out. McCann will say that, and then he should have had an assist. He should have really yeah. contributed to that game. Um, yeah. I mean, realistically, you're only you're only um, candidates for dropping Armageddon or Longman because he's not going to yeah. drop Kelpie or Wilkes. Longman, so if he does go bench. to a, yeah, yeah I, I, the, the, you see, I worry about things like that though because when you've got a player like Longman who's playing really well, what does it do to that player's drive? Or yeah. confidence if they then it, get yeah. dropped the next game. Do you know what I mean? It's you know you, you've just staked your claim to be a starter, and then it's like, sorry, mate, Wilkes is yeah. my bezzy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it'll be tough. Um, would we be happy with a point, or is it a must Absolutely. win? Oh, I'd Absolutely. bite your hand off for a point. 
Yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. they've they've also now won back to back as well. So yes. it's not like it's they're good. in the fall. If they saw McCarthy there, I'd be like, no, I want to win. I'd be mm. concerned if we didn't. But because Morrison's come in, new manager bounce, they've won two on two as well. I'll take a point because they're gonna be up for it. Yeah, they won they beat um Huddersfield and Preston both two one and both times coming from one nil down. Yeah. Mm. So we just need so... to concede first. And then we'll beat them. <laughs> yeah, then we book the track. Mind games. Yeah. <laughs> but but we don't usually score if we concede first. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I think Preston is like the only time, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um so it's one of those that I mean, obviously we I, I think a point, three unbeaten, seven points in three games would have been a lot more than anybody expected, um, given mm. the form before Borough. Um do we so obviously we mentioned the problem with the team selection at the minute because Bernard suspended. What is the team that we would play then? I'll go to you first, Nathaniel. What's your eleven? Okay, well, Baxter. Um, feels feels weird saying that. Uh, who are the defenders that are fit? Um, McLaughlin, Greaves. That's go. two left side. Of one. I mean, I mean, Elder left back. I guess right back. We don't no, actually we have, have any right back. Uh, I can't remember the name of the Longman right back. There we go. <laughs> Problem sorted. Did you say that a few minutes ago? And then if he's playing right wing back, he can play right back for a game, right? Maybe. I mean, you um, might have to just do it out of necessity. Yeah, and then I guess we'll go four three three. So Honeyman, Doherty, Smallwood, and then I guess yeah, just Wilkes, Lewis, Bottom again. So it's basically the exact team you'd expect, except. Yeah. Uh, Baxter, McLaughlin, and um, Longman at right back. I, mean, I don't. I mean, maybe Cannon. I think Cannon, maybe on FIFA, like two years ago or something. He was <laughs> one of his things was that he could play right back as well. So maybe Cannon at right back. Who knows? That could work, right? Big fan of using FIFA as as, as intel. Yeah. I do enjoy. Well, it that. just means he's played there in his career at some point. Maybe. I mean, I, I, he mentioned a few. Um, youngsters' names in 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 the interview. I've just forgotten who he meant. I know Leaf was one. Youngsters, but he's a left back. In the... uh, do you, do you think just... Elder could play right back and put Leak in left back? Where's Fleming? Is he injured? I believe Fleming mm. is injured. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because he's usually an all right backup option. Uh, what about you then, Will? Um, I would hope it's the same formation. Just the one change of Bernard out, bring Elder in, try him at left side of the back three. That's that's a radical like team, that. isn't it? It's an it's, but that's the thing at the moment because of the injuries and suspensions we got, we kind of have to just gonna do it. Experiment yeah. a little bit. Just as I a mean, result, I mean, there is a few, there's, there's a lot of examples. We haven't got our strong side. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples of fullbacks being able to slot in as the outside cent- uh, centre halves in. Three at the backs, it works quite well. Cal Walker does it well, obviously phenomenal player, not really comparable at the minute, but an example. Um it can it can work. If you played him as a left sided centre back and just sort of um allowed him to uh, your, your only your only issue is, is if they, they get down the other side and put a cross to the far post, it's probably not winning that header. But um sometimes necessity means that you've got to I mean you can't is his defender. So to me, um I would probably do the same. I'd have a back three like that. Um, pretty much then the same team going forward they're yeah, the same because there's not many there's, there's no one really that you could drop I mean I think 
a good question to be would be beyond Cardiff. Obviously, Smallwood's now playing quite well. When Huddleston's fit, do you keep Smallwood in the side or do you bring him back in? Mm. Well, someone's going to be injured. Huddleston at uh, centre back, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> We've done that before, haven't we? Or was it yeah, Livermore? Just... Yeah, it was Livermore. But Huddleston played like Smallwood. I remember on Match of the Day one time, Alan Shearer was having a go at Huddleston for playing as a sweeper. So he, he can definitely do it. I'm going to make him be... go for doing that because that's oh, the because we lost. For yeah. yeah. I think we all... We, the, the, Bruce, he went through a bit of a brain fart period, didn't he, where he started playing him as like a number 10. That was that was bizarre. Oh, he, did it, he, he did it at Wembley, didn't he, against Sheffield United and everyone was like, what's he doing? And then in the second half, he dropped him deeper and we got, yeah. Bruce, he had a, had, a, had, a, had a good tendency to put square pegs in round holes just to get yeah. players inside. Like it's David Myler and Leffman Fields is... is yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we, what we need to do is just hope that Honeyman doesn't get booked because yes. I know it's the last game before the yellow card cut-off. Um, so after Cardiff, all the yellow cards are sort of like white. Mm. And if he gets booked, he'll miss the Millwall game. 100% chance. 100%. It's definitely going to... First five minutes, it's going to absolutely... <laughs> surprise. That's why I think he came off early Yeah. in the... In the Birmingham game, I think he would have played the full ninety had he not already been booked. Honeyman, last minute winner, he, he takes his shirt off. This is the next game. If we've if if got three points from Cardiff, that'd be okay. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Honeyman, then let's say, for example, he's been suspended. We're looking for players to step in. Um, there's a couple of players at surname Smith, two uh, of them that well, seem to I have just vanished from the team. Would you not? I'd bring in, I'd bring in Cannon. Because yeah. I thought when he came on, he looked quite decent against Birmingham. I know they were down to 10 men, but he's, his energy was... And he's, he played like Honeyman was playing. He was very similar in the way he played. So I would probably bring him on because he's the closest like for like. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cannon, Cannon reminds me of Honeyman the first season we signed him. I was in the just going to say you know, Yeah, where, where it's a lot yeah. of energy, but not a lot just of... Buzzing. Um, Nothing else, really. Just a lot of energy. Yeah. Like he plays well, but he doesn't really contribute to anything. I mean, he scored, so you know he's done. He's done more than most. But um, That's true. yeah, he's, he's um, Cannon. I think is one of them who seems to. He's is a bit of an anomaly in the squad because I don't quite know what what his role is as a midfielder. What what what? Where do we? Where's he best? Where do we play yeah. him? Is he best in the uh, honeyman I mean, role? I think, or best, it, I think he's best as. In the honeyman slash Doherty role, personally, yeah. yeah, box to box, yeah, contribute to both. I mean, I think to be fair, if you played Cannon, you could probably give some more attacking um, responsibility to the other midfielders. So, say Honeyman suspended, you play Cannon, maybe have him do more of the track back kind of thing, and let Doherty have more freedom in attack. I don't yeah, know. Like, Cannon's come on for Smallwood, hasn't he? So he's maybe he's more the defensive one. Yeah, I mean, Doherty would go on, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I would, I'd definitely take a vote. What's our score predictions? Nathaniel first. Uh, one one. Let's go one one. Uh, Same. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll Goal be a, a nice score draw. Um, Longman and um, uh, what Collins? Don't have to say Maybe Collins. I'm yeah. going to say Collins. Why not? All right, um, own, uh, Longman own goal because he needs to have the last laugh. <laughs> uh. Greaves is going to finally score. Yes. In I, said, 
I say uh, this in my head before every game. Greaves is going to score today, and I'm like, please, please score, Greaves. <laughs> um, and whoever that defender is who keeps scoring for Cardiff, Swift, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I'm. Or is go he play for, I, I think he plays for Cardiff. Swift, did you say? You, I'm going to guess he's ready. not a Cardiff player. I had a bad feeling that's what it was. Yeah, Morrison, <laughs> isn't it? Of Flint. Flynn, Flynn, I think that's it. Yeah. Flynn's yeah. who I'm thinking of. Mm. And they've got Kiefer Moore up top. He'll be a bit of an handful. They do. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's good. They're, well, Cardiff are definitely going to score from a set piece, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have gone into the Birmingham game thinking, oh, Birmingham have got Troy Deeney and Jukovic mm. and, Jukovic. you know, yeah. up front, oh, dear. And then they were non-existent. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Troy Deeney only scores penalties. Yeah, it's it's good he's, he's, for. He's not even played as a striker, to be honest. They were playing as like they play a front three, don't they? So he played like as a right side, and he's got no pace. Yeah, it's a bit weird that they did that. He felt, he felt really out of place in the team. They use him like as a wide target man, don't they? That's bit, mm. like we used to do with oh, Elmo. Jackson. He seems oh, to be yeah, very deep a lot of the time. Mm. Hit the ball out wide and hope he knocks it onto the center. Um. But yeah, I'd definitely take a draw. I'm going to book the trend of a 1-1 draw. I'm going to say we draw 0-0. I'm going to say it's going to be quite a tense Ooh, game. Boring. Um, hey, it means Max gets three clean sheets. But that's then I get out of having to predict goal scorers. It's easy. Oh, yeah. I know, but that's the fun. <laughs> You're not going to assume if someone scores. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to say 0-0. I'm going to say that we have quite a um, positive first half, don't score any of our chances, and then have quite a nail-biting end to the second where they just keep lobbing the ball into the box and it, we sort of do some comical defending, but somehow survive. So that's going to be my um, my, my prediction because we, we tend to do some comical defending in every game, so it's a sure bet, that's really. Um, I think to, in terms of stuff to cover, I think the only thing left, really, is to maybe um, comment on the progression of the takeover. So obviously... Um, you Baz said that in the, way too casually. It's finally fucking happening. I'm, I'm trying. It's not happened yet. Let's have so a party. We ball it, it, it in. We can do a we'll get pissed live episode as soon as it goes through kind of thing. party Keep rings it. out. It's Keep happening. It <laughs> but uh, Mr. Alive has got a few exclusives. He's been talking to him man to man. Has uh, been writing some stuff up about his... Um, you know, his, his visions for the club. We've seen his Instagram story, I assume, where, you know, he was there with Ehab uh, during the international break and he was yep. doing some videos in the club shop and uh, things like oh, that. Yeah, no, he's got his hand on an away shirt fans. for anyone that doesn't have an away shirt. He's got one. Um, just to rub <laughs> that in a brilliant. bit. <laughs> it's like Slutsky. Um, it reminds yeah. me of Slutsky, how he seemed to yeah. really actually care about, you know, yeah. the, you know, position of being in England and just... I mean, uh, he openly really said... Illich has already said they're not where they don't wear orange and black, they wear amber and black. So he already oh, knows the he's score. Ha- he has my heart. He already that knows is, the score. That is amazing. Yeah. Is there and not a slight worry that he's just Is there not a slight worry that he's just saying what he thinks we want to hear? Well the Alams don't say of that. Of course he is, he's a media bloke. He'll say what he feels will help. But, I'd rather uh, they did that than saying oh, you can... that. He's yeah. still doing more than the Alums were. He's still saying that. Well, I, know, I agree. I'm just saying this is so I'd rather he clearly, being he clearly nice loves to us. football. Yeah. He clearly yeah. loves football. And he knows what the right thing to do is, clearly. 
he seems excited about the possibility of what he can do with us, which is good. Yeah, so it sounds does. like yes. to me, like from when I whenever I sort of read what he's been saying, it sounds like he's not gonna be scared to back us. He's genuinely aiming for the Premier League. So to me, the obviously saying, probably, yeah. we're not gonna spend like twenty million in January and get promoted, obviously not. Um but for him for when he gets settled and then we start to get sort of an identity and whether or not he keeps McCann, um I don't know what his name is. I mean it's it's looking likely that Shotter what's I mean, his last name is gonna take um, over. Avaladze. Um, mm. He's done yeah, his English lesson. He's, he's applied it's for a, a weird conundrum that's coming up because at the moment Grant's now won the last two. What if say Grant went on a winning run now, as the takeover happens? But could we said this with Baz, didn't we? That the problem you, is with Grant you te- is that you justify it though in that period of time. The the owner might. I don't think the fans will. Because like it's like we said with Baz on it because I asked it that the, the problem is. He could win six in a row. The moment he loses, it's back to normal. Grant's, Grant's lost his, his, he's sort of at the end of his tether now with, with in terms of relationship with the fans, it, it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, I think if you put a poll out. He will go. Yeah, will I think. Go, I think. But he might create a conundrum. He might come in and say, because you've done so well, I'm going to give you to the end of this month. If, if things go back to how they were, then. I'm going to have to replace you. But if, if you keep it on the upwards incline and you start climbing the table, then you, you'll really back me into a corner and then I'll probably back oh, you in well, January kind of thing. But that's the thing. He wants to allegedly, right, bring in Turkish players in January. And is McCann going to want to do that? He'd want his manager in place so he can recruit the players that they both, yeah, but also, both want. Was we also reading into that? as a quote, a bit too too much. I don't I think, think he genuinely meant that he wanted to come in and sign loads of Turkish no, players. No, but and maybe a few. Yeah, but McCann hasn't bought any Turkish players yet. Although, we have signed a few foreign players, like, you know, Maya and the other one. We wanted to sign that Thibaut Vion chap, didn't we? So maybe, maybe he would be persuaded to look, you know, further afield. Well, if, he's, if they're good players and they'd actually... Make the team better, then I, it, I it does one have an issue. Will Are I there any takes over? We'll have a director of football. Yeah, is yeah. my feeling. Well, someone Maybe. tweeted. I don't. I can't remember who it was, so I can't credit you for it. But someone did tweet and say that he's apparently already chosen somebody to be director of football who's apparently, local to Hull. So apparently, he's picked four people. He's already got these these four names in mind to run the club on the day to day. Which is important um, because it means that he's coming in and not going right. This is my way. He's gonna he's gonna get like four people in who know what they're doing and gonna go right. You know the area. You know the club. You know the fans. I've got this vision. Do you think this would work? And they could turn around and go, no, don't sign ten Turkish players. That would be a bit weird, kind of thing. Or, so, or Nick Barnby, director of football. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of shouts in there for the exploit. Dino to come back. Nick Barnby to come back. Fucking bring. Brian Hughes back in some form, Andy Dawson, whatever. There's a lot of calls for that, but realistically... Have 100 coaches. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think Bambi it would be nice to see Bambi involved in maybe an ambassadorial role, but I think the alarm sort of killed his love for the sport, didn't they? Because he didn't he like vanish <laughs> well, to no, rugby. I don't think it killed his love for the sport. I just think he didn't want anything to do with Hull. But he's had not, he like started going watch rugby and all sorts. He, like He's not he, like, any sort of involvement with football. From what I've seen, obviously, I don't watch him every day. Um, but I think he'd be open. He's. I think he'd be happily. He'd be welcome back with open arms anywhere. 
yeah, as, as a coach or an ambassadorial role, something it would be nice. I mean, um, Dino especially um, would be nice to be a striker coach, even if he did it for free, like he was doing. Um, but the chances of it happening, I don't think are quite high. Do you know what I would like him to do, though, is to maybe stick a couple of statues around the ground of um, the likes of Chilo. Uh, Chilo and Waggy statue would be nice, maybe. A Dino, one of his goal at yeah, Wembley. Right. Yes, yeah. Because people have been waiting for that kind of thing. And what I think do you remember? Do you remember Chilo mentioning Chilo? Yeah. Do you remember? Remember the club was saying something that they were going to do something for Chilo, and they're yet to do it. Hmm. I do think the takeover thing might have slightly overshadowed hmm. it. In yeah, because we all thought that maybe a standard be renamed for him, or a, a plaque, or I a think, statue, or something. I do something think that, that will happen. I do think that will happen. I think you'll probably get a stand named after him or a statue outside the ground, one or the other. The stand one's difficult because they're sponsored stands, aren't they? So you have to call them by the sponsor. Unless they mutually, unless they agree. When you look at what one of the stands is, it is the MKM sponsored stand and they also sponsor the stadium, so I think they'll happily give up a stand. bit much, isn't it? That's the South stand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the MKN stand in the MKN stadium. It's just a bit it's, greedy, it's isn't it? It's just the way it's, it's fallen off. I don't think they'll sponsor that stand for much longer regardless because mm. they sponsor the stadium. Yeah. Right then, so in terms of um, the timeline of the takeover happening then, uh, there's, a, there's a general consensus. I mean, Baz said that recently in one of his tweets that he expects it to be done Two in the next three weeks, three weeks or so. Um, there was yeah. what's been talk- talked about quite a bit today. The club posted Bristol City ticket details. And then quickly deleted it. Now, is that just they scheduled it and accidentally tweeted it too early and went, ah, shit, got I mean, rid of it? Or is that because they're going to change the price instructor? I was going to say, if it happens with the timeline, that would effectively be the first home game under new ownership if it goes by the timeline anyway. So I imagine they're holding, they're, they're, I understand why they're holding off because they're not entirely sure who's going to actually be pricing the tickets just yet. But that's the thing. So, there's a general consensus then that they think that maybe about five thousand fans would come back for like the the initial the initial game after the takeover. <laughs> do we think attendances are going to take quite a while to recover, or do we think it's going to be quite a quick thing? I think it'll take a little bit of time. Personally, I did for years. I was always thinking they when the albums leave the fans will be back in their droves, but I think time has gone, it's been so long that people have just, a lot of people, including myself for a long while, had moved I found on. found other stuff to do. Oh, out yeah. of the habit of it, yeah. Yeah, and I think it will take time, but I think new ownership will definitely massively help, because I, I do actually think that that even regard, even before the match started, the atmosphere in the ground just seemed a lot better. Mm. And I think just from what's happened the last couple of weeks in the news... And I do think those first games after it happens, you will see a, a spike, definitely. But I think it'll take a while for us to get back towards pre-alum yeah. I mean, levels. It'll, it'll be interesting or because a lot of people who just... say that they don't attend anymore is because the alums are there and they won't give them any more money, etc. Um, as soon as the alums go, they'll be straight back kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how many of those are genuine in, in, in that respect or mm. if they were just using it as an excuse to not go. Um, but I think what he will be doing and what will probably be top of his priority list, because he won't be under any illusions, you know, that the Alams will be explaining to him about how the the attendances have, have, have rapidly dropped. Well, they messed since. It up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they, 
I mean, Ehab won't have taken any responsibility for that, we know, but they, they will have definitely told him the situation. So I think at the top of his priority list will be cheap tickets, bring people back. Something that was mentioned in his conversations with Baz was he was on about getting more community involved in the club, like how we used to have a lot of schools involved and bringing a lot of kids into the ground. He wants to bring that back, apparently. Which I think is weird things that are, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, because he's a football fan, he knows that the fans are important both from an atmospheric point and from a financial point. So he knows that he needs to get that ground filled to make both the atmosphere and get him cash. Mm. I mean, it'd be nice to see at least, I mean, realistically, if we get to about 16k, 15, 16k around that market, then that's probably I'd like to reasonable. get us back above 15 by the yeah. end of the season. Which which would be nice. It'd be nice to see the West End upper open again. Because um, I mean, to be fair, to in the, long term. the um, in the Birmingham game, the East Stand looked pretty full. Uh, I noticed it was definitely there was a lot more. I noticed that it seemed a lot more people were there on Saturday yeah, just, than there was. It's just obviously the Not West. massive amounts, but it was definitely more people there. Yeah, the West, the West is quite empty, obviously, because the upper tier is closed. Um, mm. And the South Stand, being a family stand, um, there isn't that many families that go due to the membership scheme when it was first brought in. Mm. They, they were priced out of it. Um, obviously, it's been reintroduced, but the people still aren't coming back because of what they did. So, obviously, if he comes back in and, he's, and he, he goes with what he's been saying about, you know, cheaper tickets for families, for kids, um, that, that'll mean the South Stand gets packed again. So, that's the East and the South full. And then, you know, he can use your West Stand for, for corporate, uh, for tickets, um, for community projects, things like that, um, encouraging people back, maybe do a couple of games where you can do, like, buy one. get Because I noticed Cardiff are doing it for the game against us, obviously wanting quite a packed stadium. They're doing something like, if you buy a ticket, you can get... You can bring a friend and there's his only half price. Kind of things like that. You know, in it, yeah, sort of, sort of things, yeah. Yeah, just I remember City that doing, encourage people to come back. I definitely remember City in the past have done where if you have a season ticket, you can have a you can get a ticket for a fiver, spare an extra extra ticket. Yeah. Stuff like that, which I definitely took advantage of a lot at the time. So anything that brings fans back essentially is always a big plus. I think the West Upper might I definitely don't think he'll open it straight away. No, um, no, that'll be, that'll be a slow obviously. Yeah, he'll wait until the rest of it's relatively packed before he starts reopening that. Um, but, like I say, because he is a football man, as well as a businessman, he knows financially the best thing to do is to have that stadium full. And from what he's been saying, is he's putting fans at the forefront of his... Yeah. Um, you would say that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, obviously. That's what he, cause, cause like I say, and it sounds like a broken record, because he is a football man, he knows the score. Excuse yeah. the cliche. Um, yeah. He knows that without the fans, he's not in a good place. It's very easy to win our fan base back over, I think, as well. Very you easy. Have to, you just have to undo everything that Alam did, and that's it, you're on to a yeah. winner. You I mean, you have to undo people... everything they did, just some With... of it. Before we finish, mm. there's actually a question I wanted to put to both of you. Um, there's there's quite a um, divide at the minute. Um, a lot of fans want our original badge back. Um, mm. The one with the Pulse City AFC, the Tigers thing at the bottom. And then some people are saying they prefer this one. It's just the same, but modern. 
what what do we think? Would you would you would you want to keep this badge? Go back to the old one. I'm not bothered either way. Um, I like the new badge. I like the old badge. Um, yeah. I think the new badge. I understand why people don't like it to an extent, but it's not like it's a massive. Di- it's not like the other it's one, which had no name on it. Perfectly yeah, tiger. Yeah, it, it looks a lot like the other badge. Yeah, it's just it's just lost a little like. Um, Sash- it's the AFC on. Just, you know, first off, yeah, and the Tigers. Put AFC on, same badge, but put extra letters on, sorted, move on. Yeah. I mean, pref- I, mean, I actually prefer this one because it just seems more simple. I think the problem yeah, is, is that a lot of people, it reminds them of the alarms and the facts of what they did. Yeah. But this badge was made with fan consultation. It was. Mm. Which is something that the alarms obviously didn't do very often, but they did for this one because they realised they, they messed up royally with the... The attempt mm. before, which was just a tiger head, and make um, it a no Turkish idea. flag with amber and black on it. Yeah, change, change the picture to red. Yeah, do what uh, Vincent Tan did with Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. I mean, we've had a few. We've, well, we've had a few red. I have uh, heard people because obviously we used to have red on the kit in the mid eighties a, a bit. Quite a few of those kits. I won't be surprised. I don't <laughs> think get laughing. It's more radical. You can't see it come back in the. In some way, a bit of red on the kit. You know what? I I wouldn't mind for one season having a little like red bit of red trim on the kit just for one season to celebrate the change in ownership. I'd be fine with that. Mm. And uh, you know, some of them old kits do look nice. Um, There is a couple on the team. I know somewhere you could go. Product placement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but um, Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully this goes through when we we seem to be on the eve of a new chapter, um, and hopefully every podcast. From the alarms leaving, we'll be nice, happy, and we'll have a united fan base and sunshine, uh, rainbows. At least, yeah, and the three quarters full at least. Uh, MKM Stadium, I almost said KCOM. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything covered. Beat Birmingham, hoping for at least a point against Cardiff. We've got a bit of a team selection dilemma, obviously, and uh, takeover on the horizon. So I think we've covered everything for now. Um, <laughs> So cheers for joining me, you two. Uh, cheers for, uh, obviously, Harry. Uh, just check that was his name. Yeah, it was Harry Matthews yeah, <laughs> from Litchfield and Tamworth Blue Nose YouTube channel. Because <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know if it was Henry or Harry, so I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, but yeah, cheers to him for the video. Obviously, we're going to try and do a bit more of that on future videos. Get either, you know, some reviews, previews going from other fans so we can talk about it a bit more. Um and try and get out. Matt will probably be back for the next one. Uh, like I said, he's um, currently doing another venture with uh, Scott Goodwin and Sam Harland on the Turf to Terrace podcast. I do give that a go as well. It's, yeah, it looks like it could be quite a fun one. Yeah. Uh, and cheers to our sponsors and partners. So thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Mate. Yes, I don't have to edit that in any way. That was stupendous. Gelsman gets there, another good kick from him, and here's Hutton now, Hutton going past one man, finding Wagstaff, Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.